You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm back again with Ben King. Ben, how are you doing leading into this Iron Bowl week? Oh, AJ, uh, after that win over Tennessee and that beat down of LSU, I'm feeling good, man. Um, look, watching Alabama stomp Kentucky into the ground was not great, but I'm still fairly optimistic of this game, as I am usually. And you know what? You can't look at the numbers when you're looking into the Iron Bowl. You got to throw some of that stuff out the window because trends and analysis isn't everything when it comes to these rivalry games. And I'm feeling good, man. How about you? I'm feeling pretty good, too. I, I feel like this is uh, where we knocked off some rush last week, and I think we're back. I hope we get back to ourselves the the way that we played. Essentially for the Ole Miss, uh, I'm going to group in there also the South Carolina game minus the interceptions and obviously the LSU game. So I think offensively we get back to it. I think the, the biggest question mark is going to be, can we stop Najee Harris? Can we stop Alabama's mm. run game? And yep. uh, it's good to see. I, I saw in one of the postgame uh, interviews, I think it was Owen Papo, he was saying Auburn's defense is not going to look like what they did against Tennessee. Um, so they already know that they struggled a lot defensively. So it's good they're already taking ownership of that and uh, ready to make some changes to stop Alabama. So uh, this this game is going to be a 2.30 Central Time CBS game in Tuscaloosa. Uh, college game day is coming to Tuscaloosa. And uh, it starts out, and I saw this uh already this this crazy high line of uh it was just crazy i 23 and a half points and i was thinking <laughs> uh, okay i kind of get it but it seems really high especially for when auburn and alabama are both you know pretty good teams and that usually kind of cooks itself up it, the the recipe is it usually is a pretty close game just because it's rivalry week and you just can't predict what happens i mean think about last year how much craziness happened in the 48 to 45 win where it was just back and forth literally the whole game. And, uh, man, uh, is that high? Does that sound high to you, Ben? 23 and a half point favorite for Bama? Uh, it does based on one, if you look at the history of this game and two, based on the way Auburn's been performing in the past few weeks. Um, say we were coming off of the Arkansas game where we had that ridiculous, like, spike fumble at the end and mm-hmm. it was called dead on the field and we kicked a field goal to win or Ole Miss where we may have actually touched that ball and it should have been a touchdown going the other way, but it wasn't <laughs> Uh look after one of those, that, that type of trajectory that Auburn was on. Sure. I'd say, yeah, that sounds about right. Auburn's having a really 
down year. And usually when that happens, they get blown out. But after just curb stomping the defending national champions by the highest margin that's ever happened and beating Tennessee with a significant margin as well, um, you know, when when you compare the two there, uh, we held Tennessee to 17, Alabama held Tennessee to 17. So the defense still stood up, even though we had some holes against the run game. I think that you know, a lot of the nation is looking at this game and saying this high-powered Alabama offense is just going to blow Auburn out of the water. And, you know, if you were looking at some of those old games, maybe I could see that. But right now I think we're just playing too well for it to be that. It's got to be a close game this year. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a little bit closer. I mean, that's I know that's where it's starting out. Um, but I, I think that it could potentially get a smaller line and I mean, if I was a betting man, I would definitely take the under on that and, uh, or not the under, but, uh, yeah, essentially just say it's going to be close take to Auburn with the points. points. Yeah. yeah. Auburn's going to cover that spread. Yeah. hundred percent. That is nuts. Um, and, and then another thing, I mean, we had at least early on have seen the over under be 61 points in the game. That seems again, maybe a little low, um, at least initially, just thinking how high powered I know Alabama's offense is, and then if Auburn's offense comes out like it's, it can definitely prove to over the last few games. I think you could have a higher scoring game than a thirty to thirty type game. I mean, is yeah. that? Do you think that's possible? I mean, we're kind of maybe explain where they're getting the sixty-one points. Yeah. So if you look at um, Alabama at home. Right now, they are beating teams 49 to 13. So right in there, you see about that 60-point line. Um, so people are looking at that, and just looking at that, you can kind of see where it is. Um, Auburn on the road, we are losing to teams 21 to 28. That's because of that, that kind of blowout loss to Georgia. And then we also lost to South Carolina, both on the road. So this being a road game doesn't help us. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at the trends there... It definitely shows that, you know, Alabama could very well keep this to a low-scoring game on the Auburn side and then just have their high-powered offense deliver. But you've also got to look at, like, the history of this. So you can't just look at the stats um, to pick the over-under. I think, especially after last year where we almost scored 100 points between the two of us, yeah, it's going to be more like that. There's not a lot of defense within, like, Alabama's defense is still good, um, but they're not the defense of old for Alabama. Uh, they've got five stars across the board, but they also allowed 48 points to Ole Miss. So, I mean, you, you got to look at it both ways and see that while Auburn, you know, put on a show against LSU, uh, we haven't shown off as much against other teams. I think that this game, it's definitely going to be kind of a shootout like last year. I think that's the only way Auburn really has a shot at this. And, it is possible. I mean, do you want to get into like how we get a win? Because I feel like most people are probably discounting us. If you're outside of an Auburn fan, you're probably discounting us from even having a chance at this point. But yeah, what you, what you don't really know is our offense is a lot better uh, now than it was back in the Georgia game early on in the season. We figured a lot of stuff out. The offensive line, you saw how good they were um, in the previous games allowing very few sacks, uh, allowing a run game to get going. I mean, that's stuff that we were struggling with early on. And those kind of issues have 
you know, helped, uh, you know, figured themselves out to now our offense is able to essentially attack any way that they need to um, when they need to. Yep. So um, if we look at common opponents, I want to start there uh, because I think that kind of gives a, a show, especially for the ones closest. So we played Kentucky first game of the season, beat them by 16. Alabama played Kentucky last week, beat them by 60. That was our first game. That was their last game. So you can't really mm-hmm. compare those two. Yeah. Tennessee as a rivalry game. Um, we beat them by 13 last week. Alabama beat them by 31. Uh, granted, those were both, or Alabama's at least, was a while ago. So you can't really compare those two. Uh, Georgia, well, that was our second game of the season when we lost by 21. Alabama beat them by 17. That's probably the biggest margin of victory that they have over us for a common opponent. But I want to look at Ole Miss because we held Ole Miss to 20 points less than Alabama did, and we played them around the same time. We beat Ole Miss by 7, Alabama beat them by 15. I think right there, if you look at that, based on the way the offenses perform and the defenses perform, that's going to be the closest comparable game um, where we were at kind of the same levels. Granted, Ole Miss game was not our best performance, but I think that that gives more of an indication of kind of how we'll play in this game. Um, And take that either way you want, we still kept it close, which I think was good, and we won. Um, So I feel good about that comparison there. Um, We can get into more statistics in a minute, uh, because this is where I really love to look at it. But we've got a lot to break down in this game. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things I I think I'm looking at, and we can maybe get into some of these statistics that you're referring to. Uh, Auburn has done a good job of keeping teams under 30. The the most teams scored against Auburn this so far this year has been 28. So I think if Auburn has a chance of beating Bama, we got to keep them at 30 uh, or somewhere around there. If Bama scores more than 40, I I, I mean Auburn's got to have a heck of an offensive performance. You can't um, have any mistakes. Yeah, no mistakes, no turnovers um, in that scenario. Um, but, I mean, think I was just thinking about last year. Uh, we were kind of in a similar situation where our uh, just people were already discounting us a little bit. And mm-hmm. we were essentially just playing uh, wrecking ball. Let's see how much we can wreck. And we ended up obviously beating Bama last year. But it became a, a essentially running gun. Just everybody was you know back and forth. It's so high scoring. I, I think that's our only way to do it, but it would obviously be nice if we could keep Bama under 30. Bama's so far um, put up a lot of points every single game. <laughs> Their lowest scoring game was 38 against Missouri. <laughs> yes. And that was the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Bama's going to put up a lot. Um, and I mean, if you're talking about Auburn's offense, you got to look at the ground game, I think, to get established really early. If they are able to establish the run game, which um, at this point we're not sure if Tank Bigsby is coming back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he does come back um, and is able to play because obviously he is such a game changer um, at the running back position. Um, but if we have to go, go with DJ Williams and or, and then also you throw in Sean Shivers in there too. Who and, last year in this game took a guy's head off almost. So. Yep. Let's not forget how impactful he is in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, and and he even did some similar stuff even against Tennessee. Obviously, he didn't knock the guy's helmet off, but 
he was getting low to the ground and pushing guys back even at his uh, smaller stature uh, for a wide receiver or for a running back. Sorry. Um, and another thing I was, I would definitely be looking for is making Bama kick. I love when Bama kicks field goals because it just sets them up. <laughs> even though, even though they you know, now have a great kicker or whatever, they still miss field goals and it's so beautiful. Um, I mean, it just reminds me of the doinks that happened last don't, year. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't. sound. Uh, so good. And yet if you're that team, it is so bad, but for Auburn <laughs> fans, it's so good. Um, I mean, how, how does Auburn do it? I mean, Ben, how do you think we're, we're able to come out with a win, um, and do it against Bama in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. So I think the first thing is on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we may be the best defense that Alabama plays, uh, which is good for us. But after last week against Tennessee, where we allowed, you know, 7.9 yards per carry, mm. uh, we need to be able to have our linebackers put pressure like we were doing and have done this season. But they also need to be able to stop the run, man. Like we can't let Najee Harris get past the D line and into the secondary like we allowed for Tennessee. If that happens, he's maybe putting up 300 yards against us, and it's just going to it's gonna be kind of a bloodbath. Yeah. So we've got to lock in on Najee Harris. And then after that, we need to be able to stop Devonta Smith because, look, I, uh, I know that Alabama has five stars across the board, and... Uh, some of their players are not playing right now um, due to injury, which sucks for Alabama, but it's good for us. Uh, but Devonta Smith is like their top wide receiver that we need to just put a dude on him. And uh, as as much as I admire Jalen Waddle, I'm kind of thankful that we don't have to worry about him this game. Uh, it sucks for him what happened, but that that gives us the ability to kind of put a guy on Devonta Smith and make the other players step up. Because honestly, if you look at the stats this year, um, the next best player um, after Smith is Mechie, uh, John Mechie, who has 535 yards versus 903 from Devon Smith Man. and uh, six less touchdowns. So make those other guys step it up. We got to first stop the run and second, key it down on their best wide receiver target. Because... Here's the thing is like Mac Jones is looking great and good for him. Um, but we made him look like a fool last year in a couple different plays. And that's where we've got to make those key plays again this year to be able to secure the victory. Yeah, I like, I absolutely like, especially you have to get their wide receiver, their key wide receiver. I mean, that was Auburn's plan last year. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it worked. But guys like Waddle last year stepped up. Now we don't have to worry about them like you mentioned, but it is a very, I mean, we've done it before. There's been, I think, uh, was it Elijah Moore? I believe in the Ole Miss game, he's had over a hundred yards almost every game and we were able to stop him, um, to, I think it was like 20 yards or something like that. Crazy, uh, something crazy low. So it's figuring out the secondary, I think is a key part. And, uh, really if we're able to, like you said, not allow Najee Harris to get to that secondary. If we're able to stop him five yards to the line of scrimmage, I think that's a success. Um, 
if we ha- if he has a couple big breakout plays, which I mean he's very much capable of doing, then Auburn's going to be in for a long day of battling up front um, and struggling probably at some level um, to just keep with Bama. Um, but I do give Auburn a little bit of a leg up on the special teams, and that's where I kind of think if it does come down to a few point game, um, Auburn. I mean. Anders Carlson this year has proved in pretty much any situation he can kick a field goal from anywhere on the field. Um, anything under 55 yards, I'd give him a shot. So, yeah. But I, I don't know if field goals are going to win this one. No, um, and I don't think so either. If it's going to be a shootout, we just no. got to consistently deliver on offense. Yep, definitely. Um, let's go into our players to watch for this game. We'll do offense, defense, and special teams. Um, on offense, I'm going to be watching Seth Williams just because, I mean, it's kind of a similar thing of what we were just talking about. So you have Devontae Smith, who's Bama's big wide receiver. If we're able to stop him, I think it's a, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have a better shot at winning this. So Bama's probably got the same idea. We stopped Seth Williams, one of their biggest, uh, and obviously our best wide receiver there. I think they have probably a good shot at this. So watching that battle of whoever's on Seth Williams will be key. Um, ben, who are you going to be watching on offense? Yeah. Um, to touch on your point with Seth, I think you're, you're right there. Um, but one thing that I think will be interesting is how do we use Seth? I would love to use him as a decoy in a few things. Hmm. And yeah. that kind of brings to my watch, JJ Pegues. He didn't touch the ball much this past week, but I love that guy in open space and good luck stopping him. Uh, man moves like Cam Newton and looks like Derek Brown. So, uh, I want to see JJ Pegues get involved in the offense. Maybe have Seth on like a little, uh, slant and then screen out JJ Pegues, something like that. Take the defenders away. I'd love to see something like that happen. Mm, yes, for sure. Um, I mean, anytime JJ Pegues is out there, um, he's, he's almost like a, obviously he can block, mm-hmm. he, he can stiff arm, he can hurdle guys, he can do the spin move, I mean, anything. But I think if you can get him anywhere out in open space, he's got a big, um, he's got a big leg up on anybody else. Absolutely. Um, and, and to your point, you know, for us to be able to get the running game going, I think he's going to have to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if Tank Bigsby's in the game, which I'm really hoping he comes out, uh, statistically, looking at Tank Bigsby on yards per carry, he's right there with Najee Harris at 5.7 yards per carry, whereas Najee Harris has 5.8. So that just shows the kind of talent we have with Tank. Yeah. Uh, but J.J. Pegues right there is going to be the one that opens up that hole. So mm-hmm. excited about both of those guys being on the field. Really, really hope so. Yeah, for sure. Um, on defense, I'm going to be watching Owen Papo. I, I want to see if he can step into the gaps and stop runs. Um, I, I feel like there were times he he just chooses the wrong gap, and I, I, he's obviously got, can't do that. Um, he's got to step into the right gap and stop um, the run game. Um, but he, he can also be maybe a little bit of a liability and – pass coverage so obviously watching him on pass coverage as well so I, I think if you watch how Owen Papo plays that'll reflect how our Auburn, how Auburn's defense is going to play as a whole 
I, that's huge. Yeah. Um, to your point on Owen, uh, look, I think if he doesn't have a run to stop, have him rush the quarterback because mm-hmm. he definitely disrupted some things against Tennessee. Uh, and last year, um, when, of course, Mac Jones was a little more green then, uh, he's definitely put together quite a show in 2020. But any quarterback that has pressure in his face, I think, will um, tend to make more mistakes than not. And I think you're right, looking at Owen kind of as the new quarterback of the defense kind of has to kind of step up and make some pressure there as well. Yeah, from my player to watch, um, I, I went back between a couple different um, I don't know who is our answer to cover Devonta Smith, but I like Smoke Monday and the way he's played here. He's really the quarterback of the secondary, and if you look at the Georgia game, he was the one that went out with the targeting really early in that one, and that was a huge game-changing play there. So I think Smoke being on the field, uh, he's going to make some big plays. He had that huge 100-yard interception return last week against Tennessee. I think he is going to be my player to watch and the player that really makes some changes that we're going to have to have in the defense to make this game competitive. Yeah. And in last year, he made a big uh, pick six. Uh, That's right. It was like 26 yard pick six. So he's got capability to uh, get another pick six. Uh, I would love to see any kind of interception uh, from Smoke Monday or anybody in our secondary for that matter. We have to create turnovers in this game yes, for us to win it. I agree. And, and some of those big pick sixes will pay big, big, big dividends. And, and some of that, I mean, we've discussed it before, um, has been we need to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, that was when uh, we had not only – well, last year um, we had a big play where Zacoby uh, uh, McClain had the 100-yard return um, because he hit a hit Mac Jones as he's throwing the ball and, or had to throw it a little early. Same thing. I mean, this last week with uh, smoke Monday, if you don't have pressure on the quarterback, I don't think smoke Monday gets that hundred yard pick six. So it's got to come with, you know, an even balance of putting pressure on the quarterback and making him uh, feel a little uneasy. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2C network.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. For special teams, I'm going to be watching Eli's stove. Um, he's kind of been our uh, kind of seems to be like our punt guy, um, punt returner, though. I don't think it's been kind of weird. We've kind of swapped guys in and out um, at the punt returner. But I think if Eli can break even one, maybe not necessarily score a touchdown, but get a good return, that could be another flip of some momentum over to Auburn uh, during the game. Uh, ben, who are you going to be watching on special teams? Yeah, so uh, my special teams is going to be taken from yours last week. Uh, I'm looking at Anders, and I just want him to bury the ball deep. Uh, look, on kickoffs, we, we know he can make the field goals if we need him. There's a good chance we'll need one or two in this game. Uh, I think the offense kind of has to deliver on scoring touchdowns for us to win it. So I'm not necessarily looking for him on the field goal side. I want him on kickoffs just to knock the ball out of the end zone. Uh, Alabama's too talented from all of their weapons, and thankfully they don't have Jalen Waddle on the field for this game because yeah, he would be the main be reason returning. I'm looking at. Yeah, he'd probably be returning kicks or punts. If Yeah, you know, that's if that's he how he got there. injured was uh, against Tennessee on a kickoff, um, which sucks. Uh, fantastic, dynamic player, but we don't have to worry about him. However, Alabama has a team loaded of five-star talent. Just honors kick the ball out of the back of the end zone every time, buddy. You got that. I I agree. That's a good one. And, uh, I mean, we noted it for the Tennessee review, but Anders was getting a little bit further in the end zone um, with this kickoff. So I hope that uh, trend continues and uh, his leg can stay fresh to do that. Yeah, he was 4-7 for touchbacks last week. Let's do a, a solid 10 for 10 this week, buddy. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, let's go into our score predictions for the Iron Bowl uh, preseason I had predicted that we would win by seven. Now thinking back on that, sounds pretty high. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to adjust that down to three uh, because I do think we can win. It'll just have to be in a, a shootout style game um, similar to last year. Um, though with my healthy dose of realism in there, I think we probably lose this, but my Barner and me just yells out too loud that we're going to win it by three. Oh man. Uh, here's the thing is like, if Jared Davis was here, he would be realistic. Um, thankfully there's no monkey to kill in this game. Uh, (laughs) there's no monkey on our back, but this Alabama offense is something special. And there's a reason that Mac Jones is in the Heisman talks. Uh, not the front runner, but definitely not the game manager that we kind of expected him to be. He's definitely taken this team full of talent and uh, made the most of it this year on the offensive side of the ball. With that said, he hasn't played Auburn's defense yet, and Kevin Steele and Gus Malzahn know how to beat Alabama. Yep. We are uh, two of three in the past three matchups. Granted, both of our victories were at home, so that's a little bit different. Um I don't know if we've beaten Alabama in Bryant-Denny since the comeback. Is that right? So it's been 10 years? Uh, yes, that's right. So, uh, look, the the odds are kind of stacked against us. Granted, this is 2020, right? Mm-hmm. The fan base, while they're going to pack as many people as they legally can in there. Or uh, illegally. Or illegally, granted, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, 
it's not going to be as impactful as it has been in the past. Uh, I really don't think we're going to come in here looking like a deer in headlights like we did against Georgia. That was a whole, it, it feels like forever ago, especially after that three-week break. Um, I'm really looking at the last two games when we came out and put 48 up against the defending national champions, LSU, who we haven't seen play Alabama yet, so we can't really compare on that, and the way that we took care of business against Tennessee. I think that this game is a lot closer than what the experts think. It opened up as a nine and a half point spread, which I thought, yeah, I, I can see that. And then immediately jumped up to 24 points in Alabama's favor, which <laughs> I just don't see. Uh, look, Alabama has scored consistently about 49 points a game. I think you're right, AJ. I think we keep them to their lowest point total of the season. And because of that, we're able to put together the biggest upset of this year of maybe the roaring 20s. (laughs) I'm saying we go into Bryant-Denny. I think we win by three, just like you're saying, but it's going to reverb across the entire national football uh, spectrum. Look out, because I hate the CBS game, but this one's going to be one for the ages. Yeah, and I'm just thinking through this. If by... If Auburn's able to beat Bama, and then what? It's probably going to be Florida and the SEC championship that they face. So you're if they lose against Florida, which Florida's a super high power offense too. So they are. That could be a a loss for Bama too. Two losses for Bama. They're out. They're out of the. I mean, they they're definitely out um, of the the playoffs. So this is possible. This is very much possible. I'm ready to play upset and ready to uh, do something like we did last year. Um, shock the world just and, and obviously beat our biggest rival um, in the state. So let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's talk about our Auburn fan perspective on the SEC. Um, still one of my favorite segments. Ben, you and I started this because we just like to make fun of other teams. And Absolutely. This is another fun one. So um, let's get into a few of these games. Um, Georgia and Mississippi State. Let's start out there. Um, Georgia ended up beating Mississippi State 31-24. to But at times, I was kind of keeping up with this game along with Me the too. Uh, And this was a weird one that I think Georgia could have easily lost to. Um, and that's just weird. Like, they should not be losing to this Mississippi State team. Um, the The amount of teams that have stopped Mississippi state has been a lot, essentially since their first game, (laughs) every other game teams have stopped Mississippi state. So uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you make of this one? Um, funniest thing from this game, besides JT Daniels mustache, um, which I just (laughs) have to point out, uh, Zamir white had 21 yards on 11 carries. (laughs) The, The Georgia running game just got stopped completely. It's nuts. Um, has any team done that? I don't think any team's been able to stop Georgia's run game. No, it's it's wild. Uh, so good job, Mississippi State. Um, we'll see you in a few weeks, uh, and we're gonna put up 200 yards on you. So get ready. Yes. Um, on the on the ground. <laughs> um, but yeah. So the, you're right. This game was back and forth the whole time. And 
JT Daniels, of course, pulled out a victory, which, I mean, good for him. He had 401 yards in the game. That is crazy. Uh, and four touchdowns. So Good for him. Yeah, a, a great a great start to his collegiate career at Georgia. Um, but what a different different type of makeup of the the Georgia Bulldogs from when we saw them beginning of the year, when we played them, and kind of what's happened to them since. Uh, just getting spanked by Florida was great. I loved that. I called mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then now seeing them struggle against a two and five Mississippi State team was just <laughs> what a fantastic, uh, fantastic end to the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one that uh, I thought was kind of interesting was uh, Florida beating Vandy. Uh, they beat them by 38 to 17. Um, this is another one I, I think I've, I mean, I've said it before, but this is one where I think Kyle Trash. Or trash. <laughs> I cannot, cannot help uh, myself, man. Mr. Trash is going to be holding a trophy at the end of the season. So, he will, uh, but it will be a trash trophy in my opinion. But you know, whatever. Uh, he's obviously done some very incredible things. Um, so I'm not going to take anything away from him uh, for that. I mean, he's had 31 passing touchdowns through seven games, which is an SEC record. I think the next closest is like 29 touchdowns through seven games. So. Yeah, Obviously and in those games, they're all against SEC opponents, which I know that's not going to be anywhere in the record books. True. But that's really friggin' impressive. Super. I mean, if you had said, okay, you know, the 20, 30 touchdowns in a season, I'd be – that quarterback's pretty good. But obviously, <laughs> through seven seven games of SEC opponents, that's even even more incredible. So – they're doing something crazy in Florida um, and able to put up a ton of points. So that's where I have mentioned that I do think Bama is going to struggle with them in the SEC championship. Um, and that's that's going to be a fun one to watch um, right before Christmas. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I said last year in our preview of uh, the Florida game where we had to go into uh, the swamp and, and play in that ridiculous atmosphere. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still impressed by it. Uh, we were calling him Kyle trash then. And I said that he looked like the, he looked like a duplicate of Tebow, but with the inverse skills, um, where he can't really run that much, but he's got a really good arm Yeah, and he's taken that ability and just stepped up a notch this season. Nuts. Um, congrats on him on the record. Uh, we knew they were going to blow Vandy out of the water and, uh, I feel bad for any Commodores. So true. Not gonna win a game this season. They're gonna go zero and ten. <laughs> they're still gonna get a bowl game, probably. Let's be honest. Probably there's a participation trophy. You get two more weeks of practice, and you're going to. There's probably not gonna be like the Bahama Bowl. I, maybe they do. I don't know if they do that with COVID, but whatever the crappiest bowl is. <laughs> no, Birmingham Bowl is that the crappiest? It's one of the crappiest ones, especially we'll for see. SEC opponents. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about the Missouri game. Um, so this was a kind of reminded me of uh, of SEC games of old. It was Missouri versus South Carolina, and Missouri had a bounce back game, beating South Carolina seventeen to ten. So I I have not seen I feel like a game where it was so low scoring in the SEC in a long time for both opponents just to not score many points. So. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it other than both defenses. I mean, it, 
it's just weird. I don't I don't think both offenses are that good either. So it was probably more due to that and not yeah. great defenses of SEC of old. I think the biggest thing in this game, one, I love watching South Carolina get beat because I hate South Carolina now. Um, thanks, must champ, you jerk. Uh, <laughs> beating us for the first time since the 30s. Um, but I think the the biggest takeaway from this game, besides the fact that you know both teams kind of suck, is uh, Dove. Um, I can't remember his first name on Missouri. Is just a fantastic wide receiver. He had a great catch and uh, impressive there. So good, good for you, Missouri. You won a game. Yeah. Um, and then LSU beating Arkansas. That was a tight game. It was um, very both, tight. Both teams have obviously. Arkansas has had a much better season than they they were hoping, I'm sure. Um, but LSU, I mean, this was a tight one that I, I'm I am glad LSU has won a game because it feels like they were just on a streak to just lose the rest of their games um, <laughs> after we just demolished them. So and they very well could have lost this one. They were um, it it was honestly Arkansas gave the game away in the mm-hmm. end. Uh, because they were they missed a field goal that would have um put them up by seven, and then uh LSU came storming back um with just a great drive to end the game, and then Arkansas couldn't put it together. Uh, Felipe Franks, uh, here's the thing, um he's he's the difference maker in the Arkansas team, and I don't like Felipe Franks <laughs> like yeah. he was. The, the best thing to happen to Florida last year was him to go down. And I, I hate to say that about a player, but it's honestly true because uh, Mr. Trash, as you like to call him, <laughs> would not have probably touched the field if Felipe had had remained the starter majority of that season. Yeah. Um, he he balled out. He had 339 yards against LSU in the air and 43 on the ground. He was the top rusher and uh, had two touchdowns accounted for. So. He he played a very good game um, because he had an interception, and I think that was the difference maker there. Uh, not good enough, um, but, you know, congrats to him. I think he'll be there again next year, right? Because this year doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll have to look out for the way he plays when we play Arkansas again next year, but I never worry about the Arkansas games. Gus Malzahn <laughs> has those circled um, from the Iron Bowl of every single previous season. But this year, I guess, from the Mississippi State game. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, And then we've already kind of mentioned it, but uh, the Bama uh, game where they just completely shut out uh, Kentucky, 63-3. to Man, that's a ridiculous uh, 60-point win over an SEC team. That's that's crazy. That a lot of people expected to challenge the East at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the season. So, just goes to show... um, you know, things happen, and 2020 is a weird year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I, you finally got to see um, – well, Mac Jones did a fantastic job, but you actually got to see Bryce Young, the backup quarterback for Bama, um, get to play a little bit. Um, he he looked pretty good. I mean, I, I don't think he's anything much – I mean, he's obviously not as good as Mac Jones, but, I mean, uh, it seems like he's a pretty decent quarterback. Is there a reason Joey Gatewood isn't playing that much? I don't know. I mean, he's – I know he's had his struggles. Uh, the one game that he did play in, it wasn't great. Kentucky really couldn't move the ball down the field. Um, the the little bit that I've seen 
his passing game still has much to be uh, wanted. Yeah, he was 0-4 in this game, which just sucks. I mean, you're just thinking if he had the pass game, Joey Gatewood could be that complete package at at quarterback. Um, He's just that close. Like, I I really want him to maybe win the game, uh, win the position next year. Um, Yeah, same. At this this point, he's going to be the backup, and he's just got to suck it up and maybe next year um, win that starting position. We're pulling for you, Joey. Um, and then we've got uh, a postponed game that was Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. But I kind of wanted to lead it into this uh, just very briefly uh, because they've Ole Miss now has the Egg Bowl next week um, against Mississippi State. Um, ben, do you want to give a little preview of this? Because this is, a, a, I mean, as much as we love the Iron Bowl, the Egg Bowl brings a lot of excitement. I mean, just think about last year in the uh, – was it the Elijah piss miss? Moore? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. The, the piss miss from last year was probably my favorite thing of Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> um, oh. and, and that's saying something cause we beat Alabama. <laughs> yep. Yep. So true. Uh, and also UVA beat Virginia tech for the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. So, uh, lots of, lots of fun things happened around Thanksgiving last year, but I think the biggest thing looking into this year, um, new head coaches, You've mm-hmm. got the pirate at Mississippi State versus the lane train at Ole Miss. And both teams have been um, roller coasters this year. Ole Miss can score on a dime or suck. And same thing with Mississippi State. Uh, I think beginning of the season, like Mississippi State couldn't run the ball to save their lives and were throwing SEC records in, in passing games. And they flip-flopped everywhere, which way and how. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting game because of the personalities and because of the rivalry and just because, man, the friggin' Egg Bowl is always wild. Sweet. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one. So uh, in addition to watching the Iron Bowl in this next weekend, enjoy. Enjoy this Egg Bowl. And I'm hoping that there's some fireworks. Um, both teams come out firing and maybe we have like a 60 to 70 game or something like that. Just how crazy would that be? That'd be a fun one. <laughs> I'd love it. All right. Any other final thoughts, Ben, before we get out of here? Yeah. Uh, hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. Wear your masks. Uh, don't get grandma sick. <laughs> and uh, thoughts and prayers with Tank Bigsby. Please, please, please be healthy, buddy. Need you back. Need you to put up a significant amount of yardage against the Crimson Tide as we go into Bryant-Denny and beat those boys. Beat them. Let's do it. Uh, Before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you, Ben? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And, uh, hey, AJ, thanks for having me back. Uh, Jared, thanks for letting me preview the Iron Bowl. Um, What an honor. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. E2C Network. That's where it's at enjoyed it thanks for hopping on and being my uh, guest co-host uh and you can find me on twitter at ajay jay underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle beat bama before you get out of here we want to remind you of a couple of things head over to e2cnetwork.com our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us podcasts blogs and even ways to help support the show If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. 
So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?